I wanted to teach by example. One thing is to, to talk about something that you never gone through. But if you have gone, if I have gone through this, I have a story to tell. I am, have decided to share it with the world because I want others to benefit from its, the story and its teaching. So what I mean by thriving in life and not surviving is that you, you, yourself, you are the captain of your own fate. You drive your own ship. You can do it if you put your mind to it. Welcome to Beyond Better, a podcast that explores a simple but profound idea. We all deserve to live lives we love, and that includes our work lives too. I'm your host, Stacey Ennis, an author, book coach, speaker, and longtime location independent entrepreneur living in Portugal with my family of four. Years ago, I was living in Idaho and dreaming of more for my life. And today I am living a life of my own design. Join me as I talk business, location independence, writing, publishing, and so much more, all focused on building a life that is beyond better. If you're an aspiring nonfiction author, I would love to help you write your book. I help authors, aspiring authors, just like you go from idea to draft. I do this through consulting, one-on-one coaching, and group programs. If you are ready to get serious about finally writing that book, that book that's been on your heart, on your mind, and probably has some kind of integration into your business, your brand, or your broader impact, I would love to connect with you. Just reach out to me at hello at stacyannis.com, and we will have a conversation about your book your big vision, and how I can help you. Welcome, welcome. I'm so excited about this week's podcast guest and to get to talk about what it is like to go after a big career goal, achieve that goal, and then decide that you want to go further and not just serve, in this in this guest case, uh, your patience, but serve the wider world with your story and really what that takes to kind of come to that place where you're like, okay, I've done all this work to get to this amazing place. And let me think, I'm just going to make my life more complicated and go for more. And I'm always inspired by people who really are called to, to serve. And it's like a, it's like calling them so deeply that they cannot resist the call. And that's why I'm excited to introduce you to this week's podcast guest, Dr. Lisa Kiprano. She is a refugee from the former communist Romania and a maternal fetal medicine specialist. Her mission is helping women heal both physically and spiritually through her own story and vulnerability. Through her telemedicine practice, MFM, she provides high-risk pregnancy care to all women beyond borders or geographical limitations. Her debut book, Push Then Breathe, is based on the first 15 years of her reborn life. On her platform, she invites women to join together in self-empowerment, intentional presence, and resilience. Luisa, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Casey, thank you for inviting me, and I'm so, so happy to be a guest in your podcast. You are 
one of the most inspiring people I think I've ever met in all factors of your life. And we're, we're going to talk in a little bit about your story, but just to give people high level, you know, you, you went through a, an amazing number of obstacles to become a doctor. You've become a doc, you became a doctor, not just a general doctor, but one of the most sought after types of doctors, a maternal fetal medicine specialist, which is a very difficult specialty to to uh, reach. You're a triathlete, and now you're a published author who is using her story to to reach the world. And I'm just curious to hear from you. What is it within you? Like, what is that calling that you have that has inspired you to write this book and share it with the world? So. <laughs> So I'm going to take you just a little bit from the beginning when you started, um, what really drove me to become a doctor, um, helping people. So the desire to help people um, fueled me from a very young age. Um, I think it's just, I believe it's like that you have it or you don't. Um, becoming a women's physician, first an obstetrician, um, then a maternal medicine physician has allowed me to fulfill that need to help women, to help patients. And in a very special way, uh, when you have the most important and I believe the happiest moment, I'll say outside, you know, getting married, the first as a family, the first important and happy part of your life, having a baby. When I care for patients, uh, you know, from all ages, all walks of life, um, and through my residency, um, you know, my academia, my uh, teaching, and uh, also military uh, career, I discovered this as a privilege. It is a privilege that is incomparable with anything else I would ever imagine to help people to give them back what they have most precious to them, their health. Sometimes you don't realize how important our health is until you know something happens and you know illness strike, and then you know that that moment says, "Oh my God, it doesn't really matter what I have. I need, I have to have my health. Nothing else really matters." So writing this book, well. Um, came from the need to help people at a different level, not the organic, the physical form, but also the emotional and the spiritual way. Um, I decided to share this book and my story with the world so others can find their own light in the darkness and with that be able to help themselves and empower themselves. So when when you harness uh, this power and turn it into a great story of fulfillment and inspiration, then you have also the power to share it with others so others can pick up on it and provide it within themselves and better themselves. So you see it's like a like a river that you know just keeps replenishing, it never runs dry. Hmm. I love that so much. And I want to touch on the, um, the theme of a life and birth. Um, I think anybody who's new to the term maternal fetal medicine or really thinking about high risk pregnancy, to your point, 
it is one of the most vulnerable experiences that most women will ever go through working with with somebody like you. Uh, myself, I, I've never really talked about this on the podcast. I had um, gestational cholestasis with my second child. I never got to see an MFM because it was like it was uh, diagnosed and I was in an emergency induction the same afternoon because I was so late term. Um, but it, it's a very vulnerable space. And the vulnerability of birth is actually a theme that carries throughout your, your entire book. You have the sections of the book organized around this concept of birth, death, and rebirth. Can you talk a little bit about what the book is about, about the, um, just the, the story behind it and the message that that, that that book shares with readers? So um, the book initially uh, came, came to par, it started 36 years ago. Uh, I started writing the first chapter of this book when um, a few months uh, after I landed uh, into America. Um, then um, I put it away. The first chapter, uh, the beginning of the first chapter, it was actually written in Romanian because um, I did not speak English at the time. So then um, this, um, I can put it away, the seed, I call it. Uh, because really every book starts like an idea, starts with an idea, starts with a seed, okay, that is just kind of starts taking shape slowly, starts sprouting in our brains. So I put it away, I really didn't look at it for many, many years. And then um, in 2018, um, I started to think about it again. Um, I was, um, you know, well-established uh, physician at that time. I was a single parent, um, so the medical director for a practice in Indiana. And I said, you know, things are kind of leveling uh, around me. What about what about that chapter? What about that book? And I started thinking about it on and off, but it became a, a constant, a, a constant thought. So, um, <laughs> I started one day recording myself. I said, you know, I'm just going to do it. I am going to, you know, get all the gone gun ho. I'm going to start doing this 15 minutes a day. I'm going to record myself. I remember the day I started. It was kind of rainy, drizzly. Then uh, did it every day for about a week. <laughs> and then, light hit again. So I was like, well, now I had to give something up. Uh, I was like, well, uh, I cannot give out work. I cannot give up being a mother. I cannot give up my workouts uh, before work. So, well, um, I felt really defeated. But I don't stay defeated. I'm, um, I'm an extremely persuasive individual. So after a couple of days, I say, you know, I'm just going to start researching. Let me see what's out there. So I started looking up online, Googling it, reading about book coaching. Um, and I ran into your site. I ran into, you know, like I said, book writers, book coaches, book ghostwriters. And I found StacyAnnis.com. So I started reading about it. Then I emailed you through the contact form um, and you responded. Um, then we, as you probably, I don't know if you recall, but I do recall very well the place and the time 
when we spoke on the phone from the first time, when um, there was a heart-to-heart conversation, a lot of tears. Um, and what I envisioned about this book, what this book would mean to me. So you suggested I took the five-day challenge writing course, um, and I did. So at the end of the five-day challenge course, I just it just hit me like an epiphany. I'm like, there's no way I can do this. There's just no way because I'm just one person and everything else that I'm carrying with me. I could do it after I retire. That's right now, I can't do it. And truth be told, and that's one of the things I want to impart to our listener, always try to be realistic, okay? Be realistic in expectations. You know, I want to be the Prince of Taj Mahal, but I will never be, okay? So let's just cool it off a bit. <laughs> so um, then um, I said, you know, if I... Re- and my my revelation was this. If I let this seed go back dormant again, it will never happen. I mean, I just know. And it's a sense of self-awareness that I have. We all have. We just have to fig- start learning how to read it, to realize that, you know, there are things that I hope I will do and there are things I will do and there are things that I know I will never pick back up. And this was one of them. So I called uh, Stacy back, called you back, and I asked her if she would want to be my book coach and start our collaboration uh, in writing this book. And you said yes. So um, this book, the way it's, um, you know, to, to get into it just a little bit, this book is broken down in three sections. One is... Truly, um, my life back in Romania, um, going into, um, you know, the, my desire to become a, um, doctor and how it was in communist Romania in those times in relationship with my life and my families. Then, uh, the second chapter is my, uh, two months visit to the United States that turned into a lifetime trip or a lifetime journey. Um, and all the trials and the tribulations that came with it. Um, it was um, going like to the Valley of the Shadows. And then the third part is what I would like to call it the rebirth the rebirth after a very, very painful journey, very painful death. So my rebirth was um, crowned by going back to school and becoming a doctor and achieving my long life dream to help people, to medically be able to help people in their life journey. Louisa, one of the things that, um, you know, when we were working together on your book and, you know, working through this coaching work and, and kind of bringing this book to life, that really struck me about you is that um, there were 
And I get, I actually like get kind of emotional thinking about these points because there were all of these points where your life could have effectively ended. Like there were so many deeply dark and hard. And I mean, I even think about, um, and this is just one little sliver of what you experienced coming to a new country with zero language, like no ability to communicate with anybody about anything, um, not having the documentation that you need to be able to freely move about or go home if you need to. I mean, there were all of these barriers that you face, plus, you know, all these additional layers that you're experiencing uh, with your with your father who you were staying with. And this is, you know, one of the things that I know you and I um, really worked to uncover for the reader, because you could tell a story, but you can tell a story in a way that can actually uplift people. And so one of the things that I know you really worked hard to bring out in the storytelling is what it was the, that helped you through that so that hopefully there's another reader out there who maybe she's in that shadow, shadowy valley, or maybe she's just past it because she's kind of come through it, but she's working through her, her internal world and not just this idea of surviving really hard things, but reigniting and going after your dreams. When you became a doctor, you were quite a bit older than all of your colleagues. You were a foreigner, right? You weren't, you know, the, the t- traditional like white male going through these medical programs in his 20s. You, you had all these things going. So I'd love, I mean, hopefully anybody who this is resonating with will go buy the book. But if we could encapsulate that message of your own um, overcoming, how would you offer that to the reader or sorry, to the listener who, who's joining us today in our conversation? Well, that's a very good point. Um, and thank you for emphasizing it because I tend to shy away from getting into the depth of it just yet. Um, but it is true. This book, like it had, it had the potentials to go two ways. Okay. It's a memoir. So the potential one was to just go the self pity. This is what happened. I made it, but you know, it's been hard for me. Or this is what happened. It sucked. But I made it, and not only that I made it, I made it through. Because remember, you don't put, you don't just push through to it. You don't push to your goal. You push through it to get to your goal. If you ever have um, practiced martial arts, it's a big tenet um, that... It's in, in that field that says that if you want to give a very meaningful and well-placed strike, you don't hit to the target. You hit through the target. So it's that's really what comes through to this book. The book that shows that, the message that it shows that, you know, we all have a choice. We have a choice to survive through life 
or we have a choice to thrive to life. I chose to thrive to life. So I want to take you just a little bit through the process, okay? Because a lot of us, most of us, and a lot of women out there, like a great deal, and of overwhelmingly amount of women, have gone through a lot of trials, tribulation, pain, suffering, or even are going through now as we speak with their families, their significant others. Um, so we first must realize that whatever was handed to us in the past, what is happening now, is something we must recognize, contain, and deal with it. It's not easy. But we can't ignore it. We cannot run from it, and we cannot go around it. We just have to go through it. We must go through, through that valley of the shadows to get to the other side. And you know what I'm talking about. Um, so because if we don't, it's, we're never going to achieve that full circle to be able to get where we really were meant to. We're just kind of patching and you don't, you can't patch pain and suffering and trauma. You just have to rip it off and start anew. You have to learn from it and move forward. Because if you don't, if we don't do that, it will really take over our lives. Like we could have taken mine, taken over mine. Takes us, takes over our future and it keeps us bound because that's like a, like a source of poison that is just kind of ruminating. And we women keep saying to ourselves when we go through this, Oh, I deserve this. Surely I deserve this. I brought this into myself through my words, through my actions. Maybe I should have looked this way. Maybe I shouldn't have carried myself this way. Maybe the dress I wore this way and you know, made them look at me in a certain way. And now here I am in the position that I am. Therefore, I'm damaged goods. This is simply not true. This is simply not true. And this is, however, how we limit ourselves. It is our brains that is self-sabotaging because we're looking from a very, very skewed way. This, the way that our tormentors put us in that position. You're no good. You, didn't, you can't do anything without me. You are who you are because of me. And that's not true. You can, you will have to keep saying to yourself, you have to start saying to yourself, no, I can do it without anybody. I can do it by myself. I certainly can do what I want to do and rise without this person or this thing or this process that is keeping me in this filth. So, you know how it is? It's like staying anchored willfully, staying anchored to a huge boulder in the deepest, darkest valley. And wondering, well, why can't I fly? I just want to fly up there and be free. Let me just try again. Let me just try again. But we have to have the will to want to free ourselves in order to get up there. Another thing that I 
stressed in my book and in my message is that we might, we cannot undo what has have happened to us. We just can't do, undo the past. What we can do is that to realize that each one of us has this inner power, has this inner dream that we can revive and make it happen. And to get there, to, it is to, it means to reach your own potential. And it is really up to you. And, and when I say that it is up to you, you can't worry about what other people think or what other people would say. Because trust me, even if you please or try to please 99% of them out there, there is still going to be 1% that are not going to be in the same rhythm with you. It's just human beings. It's human nature. So believing in yourself, believing in your powers is the most important step that you can make in this path for self-achievement. For myself, I wanted to teach by example. It's it's one way, one thing is to to talk about something that you never gone through. But if you have gone, if I have gone through this, I have a story to tell. I am have decided to share it with the world because I want others to benefit from its the story and its teaching and its teachings. So, what I mean by thriving in life and not surviving is that you, you, yourself, you are the captain of your own fate. You drive your own ship. You can do it if you put your mind to it. Now, there are three things that I always think of it. Somebody asked me the other day, says, you know, what are the, you know, what are the things that you go by all the time? And, you know, I sat down and, you know, you always think about them, but you don't really write them down. You don't really put like, okay, I'm going to make a list. So um, the other day I said, you know, I'm just going to think about how to write this out because there's only a couple of things that really I, I, I put my mind to it when I talk about self-empowering. So my first one is... First, you have to figure out what your dream is, okay? So home in to your dream, find it, whatever that may be, okay? You know, you want to start the business. You want to start a flower shop. You want to be a doctor. You want to be a gardener. You want to be a triathlete. You want to be a good housewife. It doesn't matter. Just home in your dream. And don't let it go until is accomplished. Make it become your purpose. Make it become your focus. The harder the obstacles to overcome, the greater the success. You will feel like a superwoman. The minute you get it, just it's going to be so hard. When you do something like this every day, you're like, God, I can't believe I'm doing this again. Just keep going at it and you keep going at it. And then it's just your focus is to get to the other side. But once you get there, it's like, my God, I made it. And it was hard, but man, just roar. That's how it's going to feel like to you. Go ahead, roar. 
because it's awesome. Louisa, I know you have a couple more points, but I want to chime in because um, <clears throat> your your point about your book and how you know if you let it drop, it would be so hard to revive it later. I think has such a good connection here, and I remember this when you know when we were working on 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 your book that. Um, one of the things that really sustained you through the hardest periods was that it's almost like you're following through on this commitment to yourself by touching your goal every day in some capacity. Some days that might mean a little bit more of a, a progress. Some days it was simply like visualization into that future that you were working toward, but staying really, really connected to that. But I think one thing that, um, hopefully listeners, viewers will take from that as well, is that you had such a clear vision of where you wanted to go, even in, even in the hardest times. And um, I think when you were in the hardest times, it was almost like an obsession to get there, right? And then when you kind of got out of that, then it was your anchor and your driving force forward. So I wanted to connect those dots because I think that daily touch, I, I find that too with me when I'm working for big goals, even if I don't sit down and do the 30 minutes or whatever I really wanted to get to, if I touch it for five minutes and I stay connected to it, it helps me keep that momentum, which is so important. So just wanted to build on that. And I want to hear what the other, the other two are that you came up with. No, I mean, that is perfect because exactly, you know, I don't, I really want our listeners to understand that it's just not just doing one thing it's like you said even if it is five minutes is that connection is that little steps that counts i tell my sons all the time small consistent steps the world was not built in an hour or a day you know uh, just think about it who won the hare or the turtle well we know who won the race so that's same thing here um and I, I can't, I can't emphasize that whether it's writing, like you said, whether it's studying to become a doctor, whether it's training for a triathlon or for a marathon or for a, you know, race of any kind, that is that small, simple steps. If you can't get in a workout for one hour, it's okay. Get in for 15 minutes and speed it. It's okay. You filled your cup. And talking about cups. This is my second tenet. Find your anchors and your self-coping skills. People who go through hell and achieve great things have great anchors and good self-coping skills. You can't just, we all have our moments, but we have to pick ourselves up. And you have to figure out what is what picks you up. And that, that will balance you, that will refocus you, and you, you have to figure out what fills my cup. Exercising, meditating, journaling, cooking, fishing, gardening, writing poems, dancing, singing, whatever, but keep filling that cup every day because you are going to need it. That is what I call, take, that's your me time. You've got to give yourself me time. Because if you don't refill your resources to stay balanced, 
you you won't be able to make it. Just because anxiety, you know, depression, rumination, outside discussions, forces, thoughts, suggestions kind of pick at you and you're like start doubting yourself. Hmm. I, I want to add on to that, Louisa, because I, I think that that is such a critical point, especially in our American culture, that it really values overwork and depletion. Um, one of the things that you do really well in your life is that you take care of your body and you make sure that you have space um, in your life. I mean, you're an amazing athlete and um, really like create space and time for that to be a really central part of what you do and, and how you show up in the world. Uh, on my side, I take a two hour break every single day in the middle of the day to exercise, to eat good food, reset my body and come back and essentially work two days, like too many days every day. Um, and the, the days that I don't do that, you know, I have it like I end up working too long into the, the noon hour or whatever. Those are the days that I end up feeling depleted and tired and grumpy. And, you know, that that piece of it, I, I think, is so important and such a good reminder. So and I want to hear your third one. I'm so curious what the third uh, third point is. Third one is really what um, what ground us all. Search for that one human that believes in you and keep connecting with him or her no matter what. I call them lighthouses. Each one of them, each one of us has one lighthouse out there. You only need one. You can have two or three, but really, at least you have one. The road will be twice as hard if you are lonely. So do yourself a favor. For me, my lighthouse during those seven years was my cat and my mother. Um, my cat, Suzette, was Sammy's blue point cat, and my mother, who I would talk on the phone with, every Sunday morning for 60 seconds. That's all I needed. I, I think those, I mean, it's hearing you say this, obviously I know the story so well and fell in love with both Suzette and your mother through the course of working on your book. But, you know, you found what was available to you in those moments when you were effectively cut off from everything else that could be a buoy for you during those times. And um, I think, you know, again, we don't know where people are coming to this episode, this conversation from. They may be in a really happy, joyful existence, not going through anything hard, or they might be in a very different place. And, um, and so I hope that that really stands out for anybody who's in one of those hard places, that it can be anyone, even a, a cat. Um, who your, your cat was quite special. In fact, when you were writing, I wrote down the word cat because I wanted to make sure to get to talk about Suzette. Those are really beautiful anchors, Louisa. Um, I wrote down a quote from you that I would like to um, just to read and get your reflections on because I, I thought it was so beautiful. 
You said our world needs more of our united voices. The only limitations to our own future are the ones we impose on ourselves. We are limitless. Semper Invicta, always unconquered. Um, you know, your your book title, Push Then Breathe, it's a triumphant cover. I can hold this up for anybody that's watching on YouTube, or of course we'll include a, a link in the show notes. But um, this idea of being unconquerable, like this uh, victorious mindset that you carried even through even through these dark periods. Can you expand a little bit on this idea of, of united voices, of our putting our own limitations on ourselves and the real message that, that we really are limit, limitless? Yes, yeah, so um, I touched a little bit on it um, at the beginning of the podcast, but the thing that one must understand that when we get... Now, when our life gets turned upside down in a, in a split of a moment, so to speak, for, you know, first you're startled. I mean, like, what has just happened, right? And then you really, as a physician and um, as a physician who have gone through a lot of rotation, one of them being oncology, GYN oncology, we know, uh, you, know you probably heard about the seven stages of grief, um, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but really, you know, when, when somebody gives you a daunting, like, I, you know, you got really, you got this horrible disease that is really cannot be cured and you got so many months to live or, you know, something of that nature or, you know, or you haven't got into an accident that is life shattering and life changing. Um, we're like shocked. We're like, what just happened? You know, the first minute, the last minute I was fine. The first, now that it's just, my life just turned completely upside down. And then after you come out of that state, like you're like stumbling, like now this is just not happening. I must have a dream. And then you don't believe that this is just happening to you. And through the process, you, you start kind of thinking, well, this is really indeed is happening. So then you become really mad, like almost, you know, you, you combat it. It's like, no, this is just whoever is, I don't believe this. This is not happening. I'm sure this is, there must be a way. Uh, I am just making things way out of proportion. And then comes acceptance. When we get to accept things for the way that has been handed to us, that is very dangerous. And I've been there. Because, especially when you come from a different country, from another country, from you don't speak the language, you don't know the system. I mean, unless you go through that, you can't possibly understand. You, Stacy, can because you've been in Thailand. You lived in countries that you could not understand what these people are talking around me. What's the system like? I got to bring my child to a doctor and I don't know where they are. I mean, like, I got to walk with my child in my arms. I remember your story when you had to take your child 
in Thailand to the doctor emergently. And you had to walk, you know, holding that in your, in your arms. I mean, it's like crazy. But this happens. It's petrifying. It's, it's, you know, it's just all you have, all you do at that time is survival. It's just kind of brace yourself. It's like, okay, I got to survive first. Because what's good is going to do <laughs> to just waste yourself to pieces. You're not going to be good to anyone, including yourself. But then... What I have done, what I did, and I want to impart with you, my listeners, is that at one point you have a choice to start thinking, am I going to continue to stay stay and think and take this? Can I have a way to find my way out of it? Is there any way that I can build, crawl myself out of the situation I'm in? And at that point, you've got to, again, remember the, the goal. You've got to start hanging on to something. You've got to find, look inside deep yourself and say, well, is there anything out there that will give me that spark to crawl myself out of this situation that life put me in? At that time is when you make that decision. To start building your life again and only you will know about it because you can't you just you just in my case I could not communicate to anybody else so you have to slowly but surely start working working towards your goal working to survive working to in my case learn a language learn the system figure out what I can do to better myself to be able to move forward in life. Believe in yourself. I had to believe in myself. I had to believe in the power to reach my goal. I had to have the power to say, I have been put down. I am at the bottom of this pit. But let me tell you, I am not conquered yet. Caesar the great Caesar said something very, very wise one time. says, a war, it's easy to be won, but it's hard to be kept won. So somebody may take over you. Someone, somebody, something may keep you down in that hole. But let me tell you, if you have that power, the power of your mind, and you put your mind in it, they can keep you conquered. You are unconquered. That deep little seed inside you is what keeps you going. That little flame, spark. Just have to, every time you feel like the world is ending, you just look inside and say, you know what? I got it. I am making my own fate. I am driving this ship. I am limitless. I am unconquerable. And I will show it to the world and to myself. Mm, those are such powerful words, Louisa. Um, you know, you and I have had so many hours of conversations and I've gotten to listen to you share so much inspiring uh, information, stories, your insights. You have a way with words and just 
really being able to pull together these these beautiful um, beautiful quotes and lines that that inspire people. Um, your book it's called Push Then Breathe: Trauma, Triumph, and the Making of an American Doctor. It uh, will by the time this episode drops, it will have come out yesterday. Um, anybody who loves a great story, a, a beautifully written, uh, compelling book and to be inspired for it in their life. I highly recommend um, Louisa's book. Louisa, thank you so much for joining me today. I could keep talking to you for hours. Tell people where they can learn more about you and follow your work and your mission. Yes. So um, I have two websites. Uh, one is um, for my practice. Um, it's www.telemedmfm.com. Dot com, which is uh, telemed, T-E-L-E-M-E-D-M-F-M.com. And then that is my telemedicine practice in maternal fetal medicine. The second is doctor, which is drluisak.com, and double S. Um, and that is my platform, my book, um, and also the landing page for the book release date and how to order the book. I would like to, two seconds, give my parting words to you, my listeners, and to you, Stacy. I consider myself an accomplished woman, despite all that has happened to me. I'm a physician. I'm a leader, I'm an innovator, I'm the founder and the CEO of two enterprises. Most of all, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, and I'm a trauma survivor. But I'm also a human who has the freedom and the power to express herself to express her emotions without fear of repercussions, without rejection. I know that I belong, and I know I'm loved and cherished. Thank you for being part of my journey. And thank you, Stacy, for our collaboration that I cherish, and I will always say, you just put that little fire under, <laughs> under that spark and made it light up again by nudging me to write this book. Oh, well, I mean, the, the joy and honor was all mine, Louisa. I, I feel really honored to have gotten to walk this journey with you and continue to be inspired by you, your energy, your willingness to learn, your ability to show up fully and take up space and be heard and, you know, share this vulnerable side of yourself. Um, again, the book is called Push Then Breathe. You can get it anywhere um, great books are sold. Uh, Louisa, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and for joining me today. Thank you. And thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in with us. Um, if you're still listening to this podcast, I, I know you will love Louisa's book. We'll be sure to drop 
links to everything she mentioned, her telemedicine practice, her website, and her book in the show notes. As always, um, if you're a loyal listener, I would really appreciate you taking the time to leave a review of the podcast. It is the number one thing that you can do to support me and the show. And thank you to Rita Dominguez for her production of this fine podcast and to Catherine Fishman for project support. I'm really grateful for these two who make this show possible. And I will be back with you before you know it. You can always access show notes, including any links mentioned in this episode at stacyennis.com slash podcast. And you can connect with me at stacyennis.com, on Instagram at Stacy Ennis, or on Facebook at Stacy Ennis Creative. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Here's to building lives that are beyond better.